today we're going to continue our series, Soul Activity. And we're talking about one of my favorite parts, and it's loving God with all of your mind. And there's so much that you could talk about, but as I was praying about it and thinking about it, I was like, God, the way I think and the way my husband thinks are two totally different ways. So men, when they think, they have in their minds this little tiny boxes, okay? There's a box for work. There's a box for home. There's a box for sports. I don't know how many boxes they have, but they have boxes. And their thoughts, one box never touches another one. Okay, never does. I know it's weird, but it never does. Women, on the other hand, our thoughts all jumble together like spaghetti. It's all connected. That is why if you ever hear two women talk, subjects change. And then they come back to the first one, and then they go totally different, but it's all connected, and it all makes sense. Anytime my sister and I get together and we're talking, you know, we'll start talking about the kids, and then we'll move on to, we're just talking, 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 and my husband's like, what did you guys talk about? And I'm like, well, we started off with, and he's like, why? I'm like, why not? It's just fun. Our minds go in so many different ways. Now, moms, when you are out and about in your day, how many thoughts are going through your head? I'm like, oh, my gosh, did I turn off my hair, my straightener? Probably not. The answer is going to be no. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot to pack Josiah's lunch. Darn. Sorry, buddy, you're going to have to eat in the cafeteria. I'm like, or those things when you're like, man, I got to do laundry. I got to make sure I buy this for dinner. Women, have you ever gone to the store, Walmart is evil, without a list, and try to remember everything that you need to buy? No. I can go with a list and get distracted and walk out of Walmart without the very thing that it's on my list. It's not in my cart. So I was like, oh, oh nail polish. <gasps> it's on sale. That's me. Listen, Whitney and I, we're going to go to the women's painting thing. And I was like, let's sleep early. And we're going to go to Target because I needed to buy snacks to bring to the women's painting with a twist. Okay? So when you first walk into Target, if you walk in the right door, there's the Target dollar spot. And we are happy teachers. And we're like, oh, we could use this for our class. This would be so much fun here. This would be so much fun there. And then we're like, oh my gosh, we're going to be late. I don't want to be Mexican and be late. Let's run and let's go get snacks. Y'all, I am not kidding. We walk over to the snack area and there's this beautiful wall. And it says, my favorite words, clearance. (laughs) And there was stuff that originally was a dollar and it was only 30 cents. So we were like happy, crazy, and we start loading our cart with so much stuff. That is awesome. And we were late to the women's painting with the toys. But our minds got so distracted. Did we eventually get to where we were going? Yes. Eventually. Girls, that is why when you're dating and even when you're married and you ask your guy, what is he thinking? And he says nothing. That is a literal possibility. 
Seriously, I cannot comprehend it. But it's a literal possibility that there is nothing running through his mind. I cannot fathom that mystery. One day I'll ask Jesus. So our minds are so crazy and they spin in so many different directions that what does it look like to love God with our mind? You know, what does that look like? So when we love God with our mind, we're talking about two things. We're talking about loving God with our mind intellectually. You know, moms, we are so awesome. I steal so many quotes from you. And sometimes when I'm getting on to my kids, I hear my mom coming out of me and I'm like, oh! I swore I would never say that. And here I am. Oh my gosh. Andale, hazlo, hazlo, hazlo a ver qué pasa. For those of you who know, it's like, do it, do it, go ahead, do it. What you watch, what happens? Do you want me to get the chancla? I will get the chancla. I will get it and I will throw it at you. It's my mom. It's my mom. You know, <coughs> get the vix. Donde está el vaporu? You're going to get sick. Kid, you put some socks on, you're going to get sick. You're going to get a cold. It's my mom, y'all. And you know what? Even now when we go to her house, and I am an adult. I'm a grown-up. I'm not very tall, but I'm still a grown-up. I can be walking around her house barefoot, and that woman will go, put on socks or shoes because you're going to get sick. I'm like, Mom, no. There I go. Mom's comes out. I can't help it. It happens. You know, and when we love God intellectually, it means that we know why we come to church. Why do you love him? What has he done for you? Who is God? Have you gotten to know him? Have you gotten to know God? Have you gotten to know his sayings, his word, who he is? Have you gotten to know the attributes of God? Do you know that he is a healer? Do you know that he is our peace? Do you know that he's our protector? Do you know that he loves you with an everlasting love? Do you know that nothing, literally nothing can separate you from God loving you? Do you know that? You know, moms, when kids question us, we have this great answer. And when they're like, attitude and why, what is our favorite answer? Because I said so. That's why. I don't know what we're going to do is because I said so. Ask again. (laughs) And you know, sometimes when people ask us why we serve God and why we love God, we're like, oh, we just do. Oh, because he's God. And that's it. That's it. But do you know why I love God? I love God because I saw God change my father completely. Where my dad was an alcoholic for years, years, God set him free and our lives changed. Listen, my dad was an accountant in a big company. He was in charge of payroll. They got paid on Fridays, every week on Fridays. So every week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, my dad would drink. Then 
he became good friends with the people who did the checks. So they would cut his check early. So they would cut it on Thursday because he was going to get rich Friday anyways. So then he drank Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The bar got to know him really well. I didn't, and neither did my sister, but the bar did. And so he would charge. He would run a tab, and he would be there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it got to the point where the only time I saw my dad was when he was sleeping at all. Or sometimes when he came home from work, on those rare days where he actually didn't go drinking. And this man, you would not believe, guys, when you see my dad, you're like, she's lying. <laughs> Trust me, I gave this testimony once, and my nephews were sitting in the audience, and they were like, she's lying. This man, who was such a hard man, when it came to disciplining us, and when it came to spending time with our family, like, he was fun, but he wasn't always there. God totally changed him. No one else could change my dad, but God did. I saw my dad become a different man. And so anytime that someone struggles with that, I'm like, no, listen, it took my mom, my sister, and I over 10 years of praying for that man on a daily basis before he got saved, before he allowed God to bring that transformation in his life. But I will stand here and I will defend my ground that God is a life-changing, life-altering God. He does what he says he does in his word. There have been times when we have been sick and we have prayed and God has healed us. There have been times when we have been sick and God has allowed us to be healed through medicine. God does what he says he does. And how did we know to pray for that? We got to know God through his word. You have to be able to know God through the word. You have to learn about him. I totally forgot to read our text. It's Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. I have the, the New King James Version. <clears throat> and it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus. See, we learn this scripture. Because I am pretty certain that if we hadn't known that God, that by prayer and supplication that we could give it all to him, our pain, our frustration, our fears, that I would have gotten either extremely depressed, become extremely cynic, or bitter against my dad. But see, God says to give it all to him. And to pray and to do it with thanksgiving and saying, God, you know what? I don't see the results right now, but I thank you because I know one day I will see them. 
I don't know how old I will be. I don't know what is going to happen in our lives to get to that point, but I will see it. Verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, think on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. See, it talks about learning. You have to learn about God. See, moms, we are so good about knowing our kids. We spend a lot of time with them. They will not even let us go to the bathroom by ourselves. See little fingers, little toes, mom, mom, what are you doing, mom? And I was talking to Sister Land. She's my friend and and mentor, and I deeply respect her. And she broke my heart when she told me that it doesn't change when they're teenagers. (laughs) I was like, no, I've been looking forward to that time. Still come seek you out. See, when they're babies... When we first had Josiah, and Josiah was a baby, he would cry. And there I am trying to, like, oh, my God, I'm a new mom. I've slept for, like, two hours. I'm sure I've worn this, like, shirt for, like, six days in a row. It's got puke on it. And, you know, did I wash my hair? I've been in the shower. And here's this crying child and my sweet, loving husband. Why is he crying? And the unsafe part of me wanted to be like, if I knew what he was crying, do you think I would not fix it so he didn't cry? But I had to be like, I don't know. Because in the beginning, I I have no clue. You know, fed him, changed him, burped him. I don't know why he's crying. But you know, the more that I spend time with this tiny tyrant, I mean, (laughs) child, the more I got to know him. I started learning his quirks. I started learning his cries. See, when he cried a certain way, he was hungry. And when he cried a little bit different, he had a dirty diaper. And so I learned by spending time with him. I had to spend time with him and learn his little quirks. And now you can be out and about and you see a kid throwing a fit and you're like, "Mm, it's 7.30, it's past bedtime. Every parent, every single parent, you will go out somewhere and there's a kid throwing a fit and they're like, oh, did he miss nap time? You're like, yes, yes. Why? Because we know our kids. We've spent time with them. We know what they like. We know what they don't like. If we're going to choose a restaurant, we have to be like, ooh, do they serve something Josiah will eat because he's our picky eater. You know? And we know that if we buy him pizza, he can eat pizza every single meal. That child, y'all, every single meal can be pizza, and he will not grow tired of it. But we spend time with him. We've seen them grow. See, we even make sense of their needs before they even learn how to talk. We've learned to anticipate that based on their behavior. And when they begin to talk and they're toddlers like Sophia, she can be like, ah, da, 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 and you're like, yes, yeah, okay, uh-huh. 
What did she say? And people who don't, they're not around kids. They can tell you, but you ask a mom. Oh, so Sophia, she goes, Acheche. Acheche, mama. Acheche. She wants milk. She's learned the Spanish word for milk is leche. And so she's so little, she just grabbed onto the cheche, and it's cheche. What does she want? She wants milk. So she speaks Spanglish. Sorry. I have to explain that to daycare or to whoever. You know, I'm like, she speaks Spanglish. If she asks for cheche, she needs milk. And so there's these little words, these little quirks that you're like, what? Now, sometimes she'll come up to me and she'll start telling me this story, and I'm like, yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, no. oh, no. Okay. Oh, okay. Based on her facial expressions. She walks off. She's all happy. And Jason's like, what did she say? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what I just agreed to. But I did. I did. I'm sorry. You know? It's why? We spend that time with them, learning their language. Have we spent time with God to learn his language? Have we spent that time with him? That we know what he's trying to get us to do. That we know that it's time to step away and spend time just with God. See, Jesus was so awesome about that. He knew when it was time to withdraw from the crowds and go spend time with God by himself. He knew when he was going to walk into a town that there was a divine appointment that God had set out for him. And he went purposefully and planted himself by a well because a woman was coming and she needed to hear the word of God. See, he knew his father. He knew him. Whenever they asked him, hey, what were you doing when he was a kid and he was in in the temple? He's like, listen, I have to be about my father's business. Do you know what your father's business is? It's souls. And it's loving people. And it's getting outside of these walls and living out for Jesus out there. That's what our father's business is. Are you in it? Do you know how he wants to run his company? Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know what his biggest priority is? See, Jason and I have been married. How long, baby? Eight years. Thank you. I forgot. Eight years. <laughs> and I know what drives my husband nuts. I know where he's ticklish. I know what his favorite foods are and what they're not. I know him. I've spent time with him. I know what makes him feel disrespected and therefore unloved. I know it. And I try to stay away from it unless I'm mad and then my unsafe person comes out and sometimes I mess up. (laughs) And sometimes I do it on purpose. Do we know God that way? Do we know what breaks God's heart? Do we know what God, what causes God to say, listen, I'm holy? Can't. Do we know that? 
Do we know what God has called us to do? What his purpose is for us? Are we seeking it out? Are we learning? Are we learning? Listen. We have to learn God's word. First of all, to know who he is. To know what he says. Because the things that we learn, they stay in our minds. And when we think about them, when we spend time thinking about God's word and thinking about God, when we face tough circumstances, when life gets hard, God brings those things to remembrance. It's like, you know what? This is a temporary circumstance. I serve a God who is all-powerful. I serve a God who has never let me down. And I love David when he says, I was young and now I'm old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his children begging for bread. I love that scripture. Why are you so downcast, oh my soul? And why are you so within me? I have yet to praise the Lord. Something good is coming. He brings them to mind. But sometimes we act like some of our students who don't study for the test. And then test day comes and they're like, oh, Jesus, give me the answers. Did you ever do that? Didn't study for the test at all. Never cracked open the book. But when it was test day, you believed in Jesus. And not only did you believe in Jesus, you believed that Jesus could speak to you. And by golly, you were going to hear from God that day because he was going to give you the answers. See, it doesn't work that way. Trust me, I taught junior high. I told my kiddos that. Did they listen? No. I'm like, kid, if you didn't study. Oh, Miss Ellis, I did. Really? Really? No. No. Mm-mm. You see them praying before the test, and you're like, oh, Jesus, have mercy on them, too. Oh, my God. Jesus, have mercy on them, because I will not. I will not. Grade you. But that's what we do with Jesus. We don't want to spend time with him. We don't want to get to know him. We don't want to learn about him in his word. And then when things are hard, we're like, oh, Jesus, help us. Give us the answer. And because we we haven't put in that scripture in us. We haven't put in that time with God. Our thoughts, instead of running to God in those circumstances, where do they go? They go to anger. They go to despair. They go to bitterness. You start worrying yourself sick. Literally, worry, stress causes physical manifestations. You get sick. You know, people start losing their hair, lack of sleep, Cranky, irrit uh, irritable, irritability. Well, that's a big word and I'm Mexican. Let me change it. Tiredness. Why? Because you haven't learned about God. You're not loving him with your mind. You're not putting him, carrying him around with you, thinking about him. See, when Jason and I were getting married, we're, we're there and there's, uh, we're having the ceremony. And I am so distracted and awed by my husband that the preacher said something and I totally didn't hear him. I was like, so the whole church is quiet and I'm like, oh, is it my turn? What was it? What was it again? 
Why? Because I was thinking about my husband. I was thinking about him. Everything else got tuned out. See, when we're thinking about God, other distractions get tuned out. It doesn't mean that the problem's not there, and it doesn't mean that I am not working with God to fix that. But it means that my mind is so attuned to God that I'm like, God, listen, I'm stressing out about finances, but I know that you are my provider. And I want you to give me creativity. God, provide a job. And here I am, God, what can I do? God, open doors. Here I am. I have to do that. Why? Because when your mind is so beautifully, sweetly focused on God and on his kingdom, you are not apt to give offenses to people or to take up offenses because they're little things. And your mind is occupied with much higher things. You know what? I'm not going to stress about this one because my mind is occupied in higher things. That's where we are. And it's awesome. The other part that it said was about receiving. And moms, we receive so much. We receive loves and hugs and cuddles and puke and snot and poop we peed on. You know, we're the recipients of these stories from kids. They just want to tell you all about it, and you're like, yes, yes. Have you ever given a kid your undivided attention? Have you ever looked at them and gotten down to their level and looked at them in the eyes and let them tell you a story? It's awesome. They go on and on and on and on. And the longer they go on, the more excited they get because they have your full attention. And they're so excited. They're sharing with you this adventure. And you know, when you're receiving from them, even if you're just listening, you're actively engaged in that conversation. And you're responding to them. See, they want you to respond. It's not enough just to let them share you have to respond like, oh, my gosh, did that really happen? They're like, yes. I'm like, Jonathan is the best storyteller. He's like, and then I was swimming in the swimming pool, and a shark came out and ate me. And I'm like, oh, it did? And he's like, yes. And then I beat it up. And I'm like, oh, you did. And he's like, yes. Jeez, when did this happen? It didn't. It's okay. It's okay. Just let him tell his story this conversation going back and forth you're sharing these experiences you're receiving but you're also giving and it's the same thing with God you have to receive but you have to make that time see I teach kinder now but I've taught junior high I've taught third grade it was a horrible year it was God forsaken land I taught pre-k and I cried every day the first two weeks of school every single day, two weeks. And then I taught kinder. And at every grade level that God has given me the privilege to minister to, there are children and teenagers hungry for someone to receive from them. For someone that they can share with. And it's this two-way street. 
And see, now that I'm teaching the little ones, I've noticed that for the most part, parents don't have time to receive from them. They're busy, they're occupied, they have other things to do. They're not available. And I feel like sometimes we do that to God. Are you available to receive? Or is your mind so busy with clutter and with thinking about what you have to do and what you need and what you want and how you're going to fix the situation that you cannot receive from God? Is your life so full of sin that you cannot receive from God? Listen, to be able to receive, there has to be space for it. There has to be time for it. Because if, if you don't, then you can't receive. I can try to give you something all day long. And moms, listen, I've been carrying multiple things from the van to the house. And it'll never fail that one of my children will be like, Mom, can you hold this? When they're holding nothing. And I'm like, uh, do you see my hands? No. And they're like, Mom, can you hold me? I'm like, do you see my hands? Give me just a minute. Let me put all of this down. And now let me come hold you. See, sometimes God is waiting for us to put stuff down so that we can receive. God is waiting for you to let go of that bitterness so he can heal you. God is waiting for you to trust him with your finances so he can bless you. God is waiting on you so that you can receive. See, receiving has to have a recipient. There's two people, the one who gives and the one who receives. The one who receives has to be ready to receive. You have to be open. You have to be willing. You have to be paying attention. If you've ever walked into a pre-K class or any kind of class and the teacher's trying to hand out papers or trying to hand out something, there are times when kids are not paying attention and you're like, At the festival yesterday, I'm the one that does all the interactions. I take the money, I give the tacos, tamales. And so sometimes people will order and then they move off to the side. Once they move off to the side, it frees me to take the next order. But as soon as their order is ready, I, I'm like, hey, sir, dude, hey, yo, yo, dude, dude, hello, order, your order, your order is ready. Hey, you, because they're not paying attention. They've engaged in conversation. They've moved somewhere else. And I have to act like a fool to get their attention so they can get their food that they paid for. See, Jesus has already paid for so much for us to receive. Are we paying attention to receive from him? Do you come to church ready to receive? Is our heart in that place? Are we there? Are we ready to receive? Our minds have to be ready. Our hearts have to be ready to receive from God. That's what loving God with our minds is. Being ready to receive. Being ready to all of those thoughts that are distracting. To surrender them at Jesus' feet. And say, God, I'm ready. God, I'm ready. See, when we pray, we want to do all the talking. And then walk away. But God's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's your turn to receive. Now, now it's my turn to talk and you to receive. 
See, you can't just like share all your burdens with God and walk away. You got to stay and receive from God. You can't just read your Bible and be, read the verse of the day, put it down and walk away. God, what are you trying to tell me with this verse? What are you trying to speak to me today? You have to be ready and be in a position ready to receive. The last thing that Paul mentions is hearing what you heard, which was the second to last. And moms, we are so good about hearing. Our children call our names. Mom, 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 mom. What? I love you. Thank you, buddy. Go to bed. Mom, 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 mom. What? Hi, mom. Hi, kid. You know, whenever um, whenever we first sat Josiah, <laughs> Jason was like, we'll take turns. When he wakes up at night, I'll get up. I'll bring him to... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dead asleep. Then we are dead asleep. And the child stirs in the room across the hall from us. My child's awake. He's about to start crying. Or he's crying. He's whimpering. But I can hear him. <laughs> babe. Babe. Babe, babe, what, 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 what? Josiah's crying. What? Josiah is crying. Okay, never mind, I'll get up. Moms, we can be in a beautifully Benadryl-induced sleep, and that child will stir or talk in his sleep. Have you ever been at a park with a bunch of kids and you're talking to someone distracted and someone yells, Mom, all the moms. Oh, okay, it's not my kid. Why? We know their voice. We know our names. It's mom. Right? We can be somewhere. We can even be in church and there's a nursery and you hear someone crying and you're like, is that my kid? Oh, good, that's not my kid. Or someone's like, oh, it's our kid. I don't know what he did. I don't know what he did, but I'm sure we'll hear from it. Why? Because we are hearing. No matter what we're doing, we're constantly hearing from our children. I can be trying to clean at one end of the house, and I can hear them fighting at the other end or destroying something. Because, listen, when we don't hear silence with children, it's terrifying. Silence is, is what causes you to step away and look from the kitchen to the living room and see the dog, all three of your children, and your couch covered in paint. They were, they were quiet. They were laughing. I, I thought I was hearing good things. Silence is scary with children. When you don't hear them, you're like, something's wrong. I don't hear them. Let me see what they're doing. We are so attuned to that hearing, uh, hearing our children's voice and hearing the call for our names. Why? Because we know that when mom gets called, mom will continue to get called until mom responds. 
dad can be in the kitchen and mom can be trying to go to the bathroom and the children will walk by dad go knock on the bathroom and say mom I want juice can you hurry up why are you taking so long like did you not just pass your dad is he not in the kitchen yeah okay go ask dad for juice but I want you to give me juice it happens often it's our mind tuned into God's voice that when he calls we know it's God when he when he says hey I want you to give hey I want you to go sit by this person can we can we hear that does our mind recognize the voice of God just like it recognizes the voice of our children do you recognize it do you know it do you know when God is calling you to do something do you know that voice of the Holy Spirit whenever it's saying hey no hey do we know our name see I know my name well (laughs) and my kids call me mom (laughs) and I know that when mom gets called it's mom's time it's mom's turn and Sophia is the worst about it or maybe it's just because she's the two-year-old now but Sophia Jason will try to do something she's like no I want mommy no I'm mommy I'm like uh mommy's trying to get you know food for herself can daddy who already ate feed you no I'm mommy I'm like <sighs> and you know that you can be sick in bed and your children will still call for you and you will still get up because you're mom and that's who they're calling for and you know what sometimes I don't feel like getting up but my kids are calling me what about when we don't feel like getting up when God is calling us do we get up anyways Are we hearing the voice of God? Can he call us? Are we hearing? Is our mind that engaged? That God? That we can hear from God? Allow him to call us and respond regardless of what is going on in our lives. See, moms, God was so great when he designed us. Because, listen, I can be at death's door. And I'll still get up and do something. Men can have a hangnail and they are down for the count. And here you are, coughing, sneezing, puking, and you're cleaning up after kids. You're trying to iron clothes. You're trying to do lesson plans you're you're like you know what I'm just gonna take a bunch of medicine and go to work anyways and God in 
His amazing beauty and creativity mirrored that part of Himself in us. But see, unlike us, God is never tired. God is never sick. And whenever you call on God, He shows up and He answers. But it's a two-way street. Whenever God calls on us, do we get up and answer? Whenever God whispers our name, can we hear Him? Or is our mind so attuned and so focused on something else? Can you hear God whisper your voice? Whisper your name? In the middle, listen guys, our minds tortures us. It tortures us with problems, with guilt, with over just overwhelmed about all the things we have to do and we don't have time to do it all and all the problems we have. And our minds get so busy and so warped trying to figure it out ourselves. And we're so focused in us. And our mind is so disengaged because we haven't taken time to learn from God. We haven't taken time to receive from God. But at that time when God is whispering your name, calling you, can we hear it? Can we hear it? Can we do that? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. start loving God with our mind? Can we start taking that time out to learn about Him, to learn from Him, to receive from Him, to hear from Him? And listen, Jesus wrapped it up beautifully. He said, what I hear God say that I have to, that I have to speak. What I see my Father do that I have to do because I know my dad. Let's get to know God. Let's love him with our mind because listen, Jesus heard and he obeyed. He did. So this week as you're focused on loving God with your heart, with your mind, sorry, as, as you're focused loving God with your mind, be ready to learn from God to receive from him, to hear from him, but you're going to have to take it one step further and you're going to have to act. You're going to have to obey. Because that's the goal, to be like Jesus. And you can't go wrong there. Let's pray this morning. God, we are so thankful that you are such an awesome God. Lord, that you loved us before we even knew about you. God, that you gave your son for us while we were still deep covered in sin. God, we thank you, O Lord, that you care about us enough, God, to calm our thoughts. That you care about us enough, O Lord God, to warn us that if we don't take these thoughts captive, 
that if we don't learn, oh Lord God, to love you with our minds, that we're going to be in trouble. Because thoughts generate actions, and actions create habits, and habits lead to lifestyles. God, so this morning, we are going to commit, God, to loving you with our minds, to learning about you, God, to learn from you, Lord. God, that we'll begin to clear our thoughts, O Lord God, of anything that's in the way so that we can receive from you, Lord. God, that we'll focus our thoughts on you so that we can hear your voice, O Lord God, and obey. God, I pray that you will give us divine appointments this week. Interactions with people that will change eternity. God, we thank you for all of the mothers that are in this room. I pray, O Lord God, that you give us strength and wisdom to raise godly children who will be on fire for you, Lord. God, sometimes the greatest calling we can have is to be a mom. We thank you, God, for your encouragement this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.